Well, good morning. I'm so thrilled to have all of you in worship today. Where is Miss Kylie? She is coming. I see a hand. I see a hand. Y'all have a seat. Now, Kylie was one of our amazing singers this morning, and she had a scripture to share with us today that was part of her music. We want to invite her to share that now with us. Thank you, Kylie. John 15, 15. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I, from everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. Amen. Amen. The word of God for the people of God. Amen. I am so glad that you are in worship today to praise with us, to sing with us, to read the word of God with us. This is a wonderful day. I brought something with me today that I'm going to share with you in just a little bit. And it has to do with our worship today because in a little bit, Pastor Dina here is going to come and share a word with us about humility. And when I was thinking about humility, I was thinking about being humble. And when I thought about being humble, honestly, what I thought of first is all the things you're not supposed to do. Like, don't brag, don't be conceited, don't be stuck up, all that kind of stuff. And I thought, well, that's the, I don't want to sit here with y'all and fuss at you about all the stuff you're not supposed to do. Eh. So, I was thinking, well, what are we supposed to do then? What's the, what's the joy in it? What's the good news in it? And that's when I thought about these beads. We are going to share these with the whole church in just a couple of weeks. But because children are so important to Jesus and so important to us, y'all get them first. We've had some wonderful people making these on Wednesday evenings and taking them home in the evenings. These are prayer beads. And each prayer bead is a little different. You can see there's all kinds of colors and there's all kinds of crosses on them. And they have ten beads on them. And this is what we're going to do with them. When I thought about being humble, I thought, well, that means I need to think about others instead of just thinking about me. I'm going to think about others. And so for each bead, I'm going to give thanks for something about others. I am so glad and thankful that Maddie is here with us this Sunday. I am so thankful that our big kids still love coming to church and hearing a good word. I am so thankful for the musical gifts of our children. I am so thankful for grandparents who bring their grandkids to church. I am so thankful for new friends that I get to meet. I am thankful for kids who proclaim the word of God to us through word and through song. I am so thankful for Christ in you and your gifts for your energy, for your stillness, sitting still and letting you feel God love you. I am so thankful for you. You know what? I just spent all that time not thinking about me one little bit. Oh, and my heart is so full of joy right now. I wonder
wonder who you'll give thanks for. Maybe you'll give thanks for wonderful storytellers. Who will you give thanks for? Give thanks for Jesus who loves us. Amen. Amen. And you're going to get to take one of these. What you do is you get one beat at a time and you slide it. And you're going to give thanks. You're going to give thanks. And maybe you want to give thanks for the same person ten times. And maybe you want to give thanks for ten different people. And when you get to the end... You can go back to the beginning again because there's always something that we are joyful for. Yes, Bentley? And you can maybe wear it. You could. You could keep this with you. I wonder where you are going to keep it with you. On your hand. Maybe you're going to slip it around your wrist and keep it in your hand. Maybe you're going to keep it close in your pocket or in your backpack. Maybe you're going to keep it on a little table next to your bed. But don't lose it, okay? Okay? Because we are going to pray, and we're going to be thankful, and God is going to do good things in our lives. Yeah. Sometimes things do, but you know what? Even if you do, God always hears our prayers, right? Can you hold a hand of someone that you are thankful for this morning? We're going to give thanks, and after we do, I'll invite you to come up and pick out a prayer bead, okay? As we say, dear God, thank you for filling our hearts with thanks, with joy, with blessings. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. We love you, Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Caroline, for teaching us the benefits of living with humility in our everyday lives. Our scriptural lesson for today comes from the 18th chapter of Luke, verses 9 through 14, and I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Hear now the Word of God. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was saying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people. I thank you because I'm not like thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing afar off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his chest, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other, For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please may I pray for us. May the words of my mouth give you praise. 
And may the words that I speak be seasoned with your love and grace. May the things, O Lord, that I choose to say bring glory and not shame to your name this day. May the words of my mouth bring you praise. Let them bring you, Father, praise. I pray this in the name of the Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Every time that I get it up in front of a group of people, I always feel compelled to say, Welcome to the Method, real talk for real people. And this is your announcer, always me, Dee Marie, coming straight at you from Perkins School of Theology on the campus of Southern Methodist University. And if you're excited like I am to be here, let me hear you make some noise. (laughs) It's time for the talking to begin, y'all. You're listening to the Method, real talk for real people from SMU. (laughs) Yes, that's what I feel compelled to say every time (laughs) I get in front of a group of people because for three years when I served as one of the pastors at St. Andrew United Methodist Church in Little Rock, because this morning Eldridge was like, wait a minute, you went to church in Plano? I was like, no, there's a St. Andrew in Little Rock, too. <laughs> Just like it's always a St. James and a First Church everywhere, it seems like. But like I was saying, as I was serving at uh, St. Andrew United Methodist Church in Little Rock, um, what started out as a public relations program ended up being a major evangelism component for church in the form of proclamation. And for three years, uh, we had a radio talk show that... Uh, was with young adults and, and adults in an intergenerational show called The Method, Real Talk for Real People. It ended up being a magnificent partnership with Perkins School of Theology. A lot of my professors and schoolmates helped me do radio shows. Uh, it, it, they, it, they aired on KABF 88.3. And um, this flyer is a flyer up in Perkins Hall where we did a poetry slam to fight injustice, and it was recorded on the radio, and it went out to 500,000 people in Arkansas, and it was just a magnificent thing. But the reason why I'm bringing this up is because the method Real Talk for Real People is based on the 22 questions of personal reflection of John and Charles Wesley when they were students um, at Oxford University, and every show that we did back in Arkansas was based on one of those questions. And when I was doing my research for the scripture for the day, I kept thinking about a show that we did back in 2005 entitled The Method to Humility. And um, that uh, show followed the Holy Club question number 18, Am I Proud?, And we had the privilege of having a a celebrity on the radio show that week. Um, She is my best friend in the whole, whole wide world. It's Kristen Lewis. Um, And she's in a picture with my daughter. She's my daughter's godmother as well. My daughter's the one with the braids doing the duck lips. I don't know. I don't know why young people do duck lips when they do the selfies. But my best friend, Kristen, she's the Glamazon with all the beautiful makeup and and hair and jewels. But my friend, Kristen, she's a preacher's kid. Um, Her mother is an elder in full connection in the Tennessee Conference. 
of the United Methodist Church, and her sister, the Reverend Dr. Tamara Lewis, is also an elder in full connection, and she's also one of my professors at Perkins School of Theology. And knowing her and growing up with her did not give me any leeway in her class. <laughs> if anything, it made her expect more out of me, and we had more work, and the expectations weren't here, but up here. But anyway, uh, Dr. Tamara Lewis is one of the leading experts in uh, medieval Christianity on this planet, which I'm very, very proud to say that I grew up with these magnificent women. And it just brings a new meaning to the little Sesame Street song, These Other People in Your Neighborhood, right? You never know that the people that you meet when you're walking down the street, what they're going to end up doing, right? Well, my best friend Kristen, her claim to fame is that she is an international opera sensation. Uh, she sings in the most prestigious opera house in the world, which is the Vienna uh, National Opera Company. And she sings all over the world in Paris, all through Europe. And she sings at the New York um, Metropolitan Opera House as well. And she also has a foundation called the Kristen Lewis Foundation, where she does what she loves to give back to the community. I love that she is a professing, professing Christian because she really takes seriously to love mercy and practice justice and to walk humbly with God. And because that's what she tries to embody on a continual basis, we asked her to be a guest on the show. And I was very delighted when she said yes to us. And we asked her to please give us your definition of humility. And what she said was, humility is best taught when young. Just like Pastor Caroline was teaching the babies how to be grateful and living in community and being humble and grateful. She, it, that kind of goes with part of the definition of Kristen. She also says not only um, should humility is, that humility is best taught when young, but she says we're all equal in the sight of God and we're all given gifts and abilities that we have the responsibility of using in order to uh, progress and enhance and enlighten society without the feeling of entitlement. And we was kind of blown away by that definition. I mean, I wasn't expecting her to say all that. I'm just being honest with you. <laughs> but that's what she said. And it was something that I continue to think about as I was reading the scripture for today's text, for today's message. And other things that we learned when we did the radio show on the method to humility was that humble leaders are the most effective leaders in the community. Humble leaders are able to build bridges and, and, and um, develop relationships with other people. And guess what? Whether you're in elementary school, preschool, middle school, high school, college, a professional student like me, or you're a part of the school of the hard knocks, humble students make better grades. Humble students make better grades. You need to tell your kids, grandbabies, humble students make better grades. And every time I have uh, problems in my classes, it's in, with humility <laughs> that I go and ask my professors for help. So Jesus has given us a lesson in a parable about humility in Luke chapter 18, starting in verse 10. And Jesus had, he felt compelled to have this conversation because he was surrounded 
by some really self-righteous church folk. So when he was telling this story, he wasn't telling this story to people who didn't go to church. He was telling people that went to church religiously and methodically like us good Methodists. So starting at verse 10, Jesus talks about how a Pharisee and a tax collector walk up the hill to go to the temple to pray. Now, I loved how Jesus describes this Pharisee. You could just tell, you could just feel the arrogance and the pride just oozing off of him when he prayed. He didn't pray to God. What he actually did was he gave a soliloquy to God on how holy and good he was. He was like, God, I am so good. I do everything you ask me to do. I give a tenth of all my income. What else do I do, God? I do so much good. I mean, not only do I give a tenth of my income, I do no harm. I do all the good that I can. And you know I adhere to all your laws, God, because when I fast, not only do I fast one day a week, but two days a week, too, for the day of employment, uh, atonement. So I'm going to give myself a high five. Give me a high five, God. That's pretty much how he was in the temple. He was more full of himself than full of the need and the yearning to get closer to God. So you have, on the other hand, the tax collector who won't even look his face up to the heavens, to God. All he can do is lay on his hands and his feet and just beg for God to have mercy on him, a sinner. This man was just drenched in shame. All he wanted was some relief from the the misery and whatever sin that he committed. He wanted God to take that away from him. And he asked God to have mercy upon him. And at the end of the parable, Jesus says, you know, which one do you think is the prayer that God appreciated? The prayer of the one who gave God the high five because he was so good or the one who admitted that He needed help from God because of what he did. So basically, Jesus is saying, when you humble yourselves before God, you will be exalted. I mean, when we look at the word humility, it's in humility that we go before the throne of grace of God, isn't it? I mean, there's three things that we can glean from this parable. And the first thing that we can glean from this parable is that a person is not too proud, too old, too rich, too poor, or too educated to, to ask God for forgiveness or grace. So that means that when it's time for us to pray, we really need to check the attitude of entitlement at the door. That's something that we really need to do. I mean, because this is what Jesus is telling us in this parable for today. And the second thing that we can glean from this is this. Um, you have, have you ever heard the expression, the bigger they are, the harder they fall, the tougher they talk, the quicker they crawl. But when we look at what the tax collector did in this parable, we can honestly say that in his humility, he was standing 10 feet tall, wasn't he? So we don't, so when we, when we, um, interact with each other, we have to realize that we don't have the right to think that we are better than other people because we are all sinners saved by grace. We cannot save ourselves. 
We can't uh, uh, offer anyone forgiveness of sins. Only God can do that. And the third thing that we can glean from this parable is this. When we try to compare ourselves, uh, our lives, and, uh, and our holiness to the life of Jesus Christ, all we can do is be like the tax collector and just admit, God, be merciful on me, a sinner. So when I read this scripture for the message for today, I was convicted. And the reason why I say I was convicted is because May 17th, Lord willing, I would have gotten my third master's and my fifth degree. Uh, Pastor Valerie, she'd be teasing me. She's like, how many degrees you got now, Dean? 14? You're a professional student. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes, you know, when you get a little education or you get a little wealth, you sometimes think that, you know, you're a little better than everybody, a little, a little cut above the rest. I mean, it may be true in theory, but I have learned that the more I learn, the more I do not know. The more that I do not know, the more I know I need God in everything that I do. Uh, I used to tease um, my friend that's pastor back in Arkansas. He's ordained. And I said, you know what? Going through the ordination process is going through like Jedi Knight training. You got to go through all this stuff. The ordination process is the most humbling process I've ever gone through in my life. So when I read this scripture, it really, really speaks to my heart. And I just pray that um, we continue to just live in community and diversity and humility and just realize that, you know, when the scripture to the second letter to uh, Timothy by Paul was was um was read, and, you know, I was thinking to myself, you know, Paul is right um, when he said that with God, he gives you the strength to, to fight the good fight. But this is something that we can all say about Paul. Paul had to be humbled first before he can come to that realization, correct? He really had to be humbled. I mean, it's like when we humble ourselves before God, not only are we able to Fight the good fight, but we're able to um, we're able to overcome our circumstances. When we humble ourselves before God, we're able to get our crown of righteousness on that final day. When we humble ourselves before God, we're, God will come to our aid. When we humble ourselves before God, God can deliver us from our circumstances. And when we humble ourselves before God, guess what? God makes room for us at his heavenly banquet when we humble ourselves before God. So I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, when you humble yourself before God, you will be exalted. Amen. And that is the whole truth. And nothing but the truth, so help me God in a court of law, but today we're in church. But, you know, I learned that having being a child of God, it, it does have its privileges. But when we humble ourselves before God, we can experience the joy, the grace, and the mercy that, it, that comes with being children of the Most High God. And I thank you. And I, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.